All right, everybody, listen, you know what the deal is with this show. You know what you know what I've been doing for the past couple of years. You know what I'm doing now is I like to bring on people that I like, that I find interesting, that I find charming, that I know you will like as well. And I'm going to bring, this is a re- returning guest who's become even more impressive since the last time he was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. J.D. Crow, how are you doing, good sir? I'm doing great today, S. Anthony. Uh, thanks for having me on again, man. It's it's uh, I my 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 strategy for going anywhere is I dare them to ask me back again. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, the, well, the main thing is the check cleared, and once that happens, <laughs> well, that's the first on this end. <laughs> once that happened, I was like, "Did he clear this time? Okay, we'll bring him back on." Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. I know. That's why I was waiting. I said, "Listen, we got to make sure that this double check this and make sure." Now, I, this is something I've also noticed. Every time you come on this program, right before you come on this program, you win some kind of gigantic award. So I just want to say right now, you're welcome. <laughs> Very much appreciated. And your check is in the mail. I, yeah. say, yes. I, mean, I mean, I know it's all your training and talent, but, you know, I like to take credit for yeah. people's work. And uh, <laughs> now, now what I want to do, I want to, I, I really do. I want to start from the beginning because, you know, when people have a career and, and, and it's something that in an artistic realm, usually there's some kind of, there's something that makes them do the thing that they're known for, you know, comedians, actors, writers, cartoonists, mm-hmm. writers, there's, there's, we're made out of different stuff. And sometimes it, you see it in the beginning and sometimes it pops in later on when it comes to you, Mr. State cartoonist, what, <laughs> what in the world, what, where did this begin? How did, where did this start? Well, it, 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 it really started uh, back when I was a, a kid, mm-hmm. really. I, uh, my, uh, the only thing I want to do is draw. I mean, I, I was a very quiet, very good kid as long as my mom kept my pencil sharp. <laughs> so I would, uh, I was seriously, I was, I was drawing stuff before I could, uh, before I could talk. And, uh, they, uh, they would keep me pacified in church. She'd, 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 she'd they always kept a lot of paper and pencils around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was, I was a pretty good kid. So, uh, what, what they found out was my mom, when, uh, when I was, when I was about two, two and two or three, my older siblings were off to school. My dad was off to work and my mom was, was there with me. So she figured out pretty early on that uh, she could tear a brown paper sack open, lay it flat on the floor and keep my pencil sharp. And I was, I was good to go. You kind of got lost. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell she could have been. She could have been in another County for all I know, because I was so immersed in drawing these pictures on this brown paper sack. The only time I had a problem was when the pencil got dull and needed to be sharpened again. All I had, I didn't even have to say a word. I'd hold the pencil up and she'd come swooping in from wherever she, whatever she was doing, like, like Wonder Woman and uh, take out her old paring knife mm-hmm. and sharpen that pencil and she'd be gone again. Oh, that reminds me. My, my grandpa, my grandpa used to do that too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm sitting there going, you know, grandpa, you, I have a pencil sharpened. No, that's all right. <laughs> I like I like the old I like the old uh, case knives and my mom's old paring knife. Now the, the the thing about that paring knife was, 
uh, she would sharp. She'd have all this lead on it from all day of uh, sharpening my pencil. And then at night she'd be at, at getting ready for supper. She'd be peeling potato, uh, peeling potatoes and everything else with that same knife. So it's a wonder we all didn't get lead poisoning. I was going to say, it might've explained something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, cause my, it was, it, re- it literally was the same thing um, with my grandfather. He would, you know, my grandmother was the same way they, they were from down South. So, they would just whittle the pencils and I'm literally going, I, I have a, I have a pencil sharpener. No, yeah, no. <laughs> they start chopping on it. I go, all right. But, you, but know, the- you, don't, you don't get many stories with a pencil, real pencil sharpener with, with your, if you've got a knife in your hand, you're whittling, mm-hmm. there's stories pouring out, dude. And, and you also, know you know, <laughs> I, I was wondering about that because when you said when you, you're laying on the floor, you got the big piece of paper in front of you, you got the pencil. Now, are you drawing what you see in front of you, or are you drawing what's in your head? Well, that's both of both both of that. Now, I started off thinking I, I was a, I was a big Roy Rogers fan, so I was drawing cowboys and and horses, and we lived on a farm. So I was drawing the the pigs, I was drawing the chickens, I was drawing the the horses that on TV we didn't we only had a horse once or twice. Mm-hmm. Then later on, I was getting pretty good at that, and I started looking around, and and uh, there was at least one point where I must have saw my mom getting ready for doing. She was in, she was changing her clothes. Mm-hmm. Now she thought I was completely preoccupied with my drawing, so she felt a little. She felt pretty free to walk around as she pleased. And there was at least one time where she was taking off her clothes and putting it in the washer. Didn't think, and she she didn't think twice about what I was looking at. And uh, later on that night, when my dad got home and everybody was home, they wanted to see the drawings. And and a few of them kind of looked very suspicious, like like some I'd seen somebody naked in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I guess by the age of five, I'd I'd kind of shut down the first unlicensed strip to, uh, club in my town. <laughs> It was in my house. <laughs> what I'm trying to figure out is, let me ask you this. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Upon realizing what the photo was, was there any whittling of the backside after that? Uh, there, there was my, uh, not to me. I don't know if mom got a spanking or not. She may have. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's imagine we caught that and drew, drew that. You'd really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I say that in complete jest. My my uh, map. I, I, I was brought up in a very what would many people would consider a very fundamentalist mm-hmm. religious home, mm-hmm. and so we didn't we didn't even say the word naked. It was it was naked, or we didn't say we didn't even acknowledge that word. So mm-hmm. for me to have, for me to actually draw something that looked like some nudity, it was it was quite a scandal. I mean, I guess that's got to be. I, I I almost wish I had a time machine. Just so I can yeah. go back and see the moment of recognition on the, <laughs> 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 on the draw, because I mean, you, you didn't curse, and I and, and there was no cursing no. in the household. But no, even with toe jamming and door slamming and hitting their yep. the hand with the hammer, nothing, nothing. No, well, that was there wasn't any cursing then. Uh, they they did kid about it a little later on. They mm-hmm. said. I walked in on them later on. They, 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 they kidded about it. Uh, my favorite thing to watch on TV besides Roy Rogers was something, some cartoon called the deputy dog show. Mm-hmm. And, and I would always exclaim when I, some, when I saw something I liked, I would, I would yell deputy dog show. Mm-hmm. And so there was one time I, they said, I walked in on them doing something I shouldn't have seen. And I started yelling deputy dog. Show. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that was kind of funny. 
uh, for them to for them to actually acknowledge that that happened. So that was pretty funny. Well, well yeah, I mean, I mean, you obviously have a, a good sense of humor. You know, I, I would say technically a great sense of humor, to be honest with you. But did they have that? I mean, you know, a lot of times the funny people yeah. come <clears throat> from funny people. They actually did. My my parents, when I tell people they were. This is this is true. They 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 were really come from a very teetotaling fundamentalist religious background. The, the kind of people that said they didn't want to dance because it looked too much like making love or something, or vice versa. Uh, we couldn't play cards. We we weren't allowed. I don't know what we were for, but we were against an awful lot of shit. <laughs> you know, we were, he heard the word no a lot, I take it. We heard the word, word no a lot, and there was always uh, some whispering going on to, at the table when there was an, an unpleasantry popped up. And I was one of five kids. But I come from a bunch of storytellers, and they they had and, – and I don't know if you've met many people that grew up in Kentucky, but almost all of Kentuckians are a little bit like Canadians. They're very self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. They're almost apologizing for even being there, you know, so – uh, but we all have a pretty good sense of humor and it's all, but and I come from a bunch of storytellers. So they, there was nothing they liked better than getting a prank on somebody or, or telling a funny story at their expense. It happened at their expense. So it was, we laughed a lot growing up and, and, uh, uh, it, it was a little bit different, you know, going to church and, and, and being real serious about that. My dad was a, was a preacher mm. and, uh, but he didn't wear it on his sleeve. He, he went to a job in as a factory worker. And I don't think anybody he worked with knew he was a preacher, except they knew not to cuss around him. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've worked in factories and uh, if you can shut down cursing in a factory. (laughs) Hell, that's a piece of work right there. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually a harder job than lifting something on a pallet for 12 hours. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) My my dad, he, he, uh, his only F word, the only, the thing he got closest to cussing was when he was in pain or something was, he was really mad about something. He yelled foot to it, foot to it. (laughs) Have you ever heard of that? I I, I don't know. Yeah. I actually have. Yeah. Your grandpa, maybe. I bet you come from the. You say you you grew you uh, your your grandparents were from the south. Yeah, yeah, Carolinas. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the funniest. I just got a kick out of the uh, the almost curse words he would he would rattle out. Uh, That's <laughs> And uh, my cousin and I sat on the on the table, and uh, with our little young voices, we realized that we when we said the word ask. Yeah, it sounded like ass. Yeah, but nobody picked up on it until we realized that it sounded like it, and went yeah. too far with it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to ass somebody. You know, I know yeah, yeah. they coming with, the, coming with the stick. I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're both doing. Now, as, as you get sure. older, as you got older now, so now you you were a little kid, you were drawing. Now you become a teenager, and obviously the skill level is infinitely higher at this point did you what about classes did you take um art classes yeah yeah we uh i they did have art classes in kentucky and, and my art teacher was uh, one of my favorite teachers obviously and she she wrote excuses for us to to get out of other classes to come hang out with her during art class especially when you're like a junior and senior but mm-hmm. yeah i got to, i got to be known as the kid who, who drew stuff and um so uh I found out in, uh, I think it was in middle school, mm-hmm. I had discovered Mad Magazine, mm. and uh, 
I was trying to replicate some of those uh, cartoons in, in Mad Magazine. So I was I was I was filling my uh, uh, the my notebooks filled with these cartoons, and I'd get a notebook. It had my homework assignments in it and notes I took in class and stuff like that. But at the end of a semester, I could sell my notebooks for the little Mad Magazine looking cartoons for about oh, you know a really good thick notebook might bring me a dollar. So it was. <laughs> So that was kind of fun. That's 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 an interesting thing because I mean it's 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 when you when you have a skill and you know you have it and you, at this point obviously by this age you know this is what you're going to be doing you're going to be doing art you know this at this point. But did you know? I never I never I know I, I never really knew it until somebody actually started paying me. Somebody offered me a job to do it. I I really thought I was going to have to come up with something else because I didn't I couldn't believe anybody would actually get paid for drawing cartoons. Or, or, uh, I mean, when I first saw my first editorial cartoon, that was, I thought that was amazing that that was actually in print and that, uh, somebody got paid to do that, but I never really thought I was, that was what's in it for me. I, I didn't know. I, I, the only, the only successful artists I'd ever heard of were, uh, you know, like, uh, Van Gogh and he had to cut off an ear and send it to a <laughs> prostitute and then he died. I, I figured I'd have to fake a death and, and cut off both ears and send it to a pro- send them to prostitutes before I'd get any recognition. Uh, that's what I do on the weekends. So, it's <laughs> 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 just a, a really weird thing that, that you had this, you, you had the skills, you see, you could see that it's there. That's it, at least the beginnings of it. And, but it never, I can relate to that. You know, sometimes you don't, you, you have that thing and you, you love it. You, and you figure, well, this is going to be well, my I hobby mean, while I do the job. It's interesting that you, you, I mean, I, when I actually first started talking then a little bit later on and people started laughing, I thought that was really cool too. So I always thought that would be a great fun. And I, I, I've dabbled in comedian, you know, uh, uh, comedy stuff a little bit when I, when I go out and speak in public. So I, I dabble in that and it's, it's a lot of fun. But as a little kid, like you said, you were, you were, that's just pretty much you were, you were tuned into that, weren't you? You wanted to. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, just like, just like you with the, uh, with the notepad when, when you were, when you were drawing, um, you know, I had the little recorders and I was doing voices and characters into the recorder. And that was exactly how I got shut the hell up was <laughs> it's like, just give him a, just get a bag of batteries and hand him a recorder, just push him in the other room. <laughs> you know, and it shoved me in the, no, you know it was the same thing it was exactly the same thing that's funny <laughs> you know when i uh this is going to disturb some people but uh especially before the pandemic i was asked to go talk to school kids quite a bit mm-hmm. i was actually led into schools to talk to the children yeah. and uh what i tell them is that i think and i think we're hitting on it right now that who you are and what eventually what you're going to do as a, as a profession is something that's already inherently in you for the most part, probably mm-hmm. school is a good thing to let you hone your skills and learn how to communicate and stuff like that. But if you're a comedian, you probably are a comedian at five years old. If you're going to be an artist, you've already got that going on. Um, and uh, who you are is kind of who you are before school gets a hold of you. Yeah. Somebody told me when I was a little kid, they said, whatever you were doing at eight, you know what I mean? What you're yeah. doing at eight is probably what you're going to wind up doing. And I'm going, I was kneeling in front of a couch with a recorder doing voices into a recorder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and now 52 years old, 
I'm sitting in a chair doing voices. And there you go. <laughs> well, look, that's great. That's perfect. It's just it's just the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. Unfortunately, no one yeah. uh, give me any free batteries like back then. Those cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I got to buy my own batteries. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad it's not what you're most into at 15, because then we'd all just be masturbating the whole time. Well, um, I hate to tell you, but right now, never mind. So, uh, oh, wait a minute. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's why the camera's off. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm flattered, actually. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh man, I, I, the, the thing I'm thinking right now is, is that there are people that normally listen to this. I'm, I'm, I know there's going to be some new people coming to listen to this, and they're going to go, "Oh, those two are weird." Uh, They'd be right, and they did. It'd be true. I was going to say we 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 actually own that, and there's a get used to it because you're going to hear it for a little a little while longer. So, so when you got to, and and now you go to you go from you go high school. Now you go to college. Now, 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 what happens? Well, I was undecided as a major for a couple of years, uh, and actually, I was the first one in my family that went to college and finished it that mm-hmm. I know of. And I almost went to the, I almost signed up to, for the military and decided to go again because I didn't know what I was going to do. Seriously. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I, I really didn't know what I was going to do. And, uh, I went to, um, there was a fellow that recruited, that was recruiting for the, the national guard. And I went and had a meeting with him and, he was all up. Yeah, you got to come do this and so forth. And I said, well, okay. Cause I was really on the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, going to college was something that wasn't necessarily what you had to do in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd wanted to, and I thought about it, but, and, uh, and I, I thought about the national guard and I also had my fundamentalist father who was swearing we're about to go to war. And he mm-hmm. said, you either need to get in the national guard so you don't have to go actually to the, to the war or I will claim uh, that you had need to help me on the farm to keep you out of the war. Mm-hmm. The, the war that never happened. This was 1970, uh, 77, 78, something like that. Yeah, we uh, kind of just finished one at that point. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we're like, you know what? We're good on the war thing for a while, buddy. You know, yeah. It, yeah. But, but, I, but I can understand it. You know, it's like, you know, people forget the sacrifices that, people make when yeah. they whether they go overseas or the national guard because in either in either case you know you're going to be you're going to be someplace where it's very very dangerous or, or some kind yes. of natural disaster yes. comes so it's going to be dangerous no matter what you yeah. do you exactly know? and and he thought uh he thought the national guard would be a, a better option than being on the front lines uh, uh somewhere that we that was never never came came to be mm-hmm. but anyway i went back to the second day of that recruitment and uh the guy pulled me off to the side and he said dude i'm not gonna lie to you you're 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 a pretty good artist i've seen you know my uh my my little brother goes to school with you so he knows he knows you a little bit and you need to you need to pursue your art you need to go to college and just kind of pursue that so that that was a little bit of advice and uh we were talking about factory work earlier. Uh, I, I got my some one of my summer jobs was at a factory and I was getting paid more money than I'd ever seen in my life at that point. Cause I didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the, yeah. That and uh, so I made, I made quite a bit of money this summer and those guys I was working with these guys that I, you know, I was 18, 19 and these guys are in their thirties and I was just hanging out with these older guys and having a big time. And they were, they, uh, 
they said, we can get you on here. And, and a, a, one of the bosses came over to me and he said, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd hire you in a second. I said, everybody loves you, but dude, man, you, you've got something these people don't have. You've got a skill that, that we can't teach. You need to go, you need to finish your college. You can't be, you can't be hanging around this factory anymore. So I, along the way, I got a lot of good advice. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I went, I did go to school and, uh, and, uh, the, the fellow that was drawing the editorial cartoons for the campus newspaper was doing a lot of really racist stuff. Mm-hmm. And eventually it caught up with him and he, he quit it because he was getting threatened and he should have been because he was mm-hmm. drawing. I mean, I don't know why the editor of the paper let some of that here I am, you know, I'm always uh, against censorship, but he was, he was right. He was, you know, we're in the South and he, he's drawing some pretty racist stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I think I can do that job without offending uh, half our campus. <laughs> Uh, I'll, you know, and so I, I took that job uh, uh, on the campus as, as the as the editorial cartoonist, and that worked out pretty good. I started winning awards for that, and I said, "Well, maybe this is something." And uh, whoa, 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 hold, hold, hold a second. Yeah, you won awards before you started doing my show. Yeah, I won. I won oh some, my god! You know, it's like statewide or or regional <laughs> awards, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and before. <laughs> So I, I did win awards before I knew you, but I, I figure you had something to do with that too. I was going to say, man, come on. No. <laughs> it, it, well, that was before podcasts. Otherwise that would have happened. Oh, okay. Well then that's acceptable. <laughs> uh, but, but how does that feel? You no, know, because you, you, you're, you're doing, you're drawing, you know, you're good at, at art people around you, especially when you get compliments and people are nudging you. And it's not solicited. It's not like you went, hey, what do you think of this? These are people who are spontaneously going, dude, draw. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get unsolicited compliments and nudges, first of all, that's obviously, that, that had to been pretty cool to hear that in general. I mean, just spontaneous compliments like that. Yeah, or they just didn't want me working for them. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to help you out there. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're a, you know, basically they're saying you're a pansy, you're a pansy artist. You need to follow that up, man. You can't be hanging out with real men. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna, I was trying to get around that, but uh, you know, yeah. so now, we're, now we're gonna get in there. Yeah, get out of there. We don't want this punk in here. Get out and go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the really the be- the best thing is is anybody laughing and when they're mm-hmm. when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because I, I was, or even when they're not. Oh yeah, oh oh, oh man. well, that's 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 the funny thing about it is when you because you have a, when you put out something funny, you have to. What's the turnaround time at that point between when you put when you draw it and then when people react to it? Well, it's a lot different now. It's it's pretty immediate nowadays mm-hmm. uh, because it's uh, everything I do I put online before it ever sees print. It goes right to it goes right online to my website and it goes and I put it on Facebook and social media and people start reacting to it pretty quickly. Uh, and, and a lot of it's supposed to be funny. And then we, you know, we're, we're, we're living in some pretty fiery times. So a lot of it isn't funny. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of, uh, uh, vitriol as well as, uh, you know, the laugh, the ha ha stuff, but I get a lot of response immediately now in the, in the old days, uh, I would draw a cartoon and, and, uh, handed in to the guy or the, the woman who was going to actually put it on the page. And, and I went home, I didn't have to write a headline. I didn't have to write an essay that went with it. And, uh, it came out in the morning paper. Mm-hmm. And so it might be, I might get a few responses around the newsroom. Oh, you ought to see what JD drew, drew today. Wait till you see tomorrow. We'll get some reaction tomorrow. Or 
uh, that would get that kind of response, but it would take the next day before I would actually start getting hateful uh, calls or hateful emails, emails or uh, mostly letters to the editor. So nowadays it's pretty immediate back in the, back in the old days that uh, it took a while. I, I, just, I just imagine some guy, you know, you just said you got the, you got the phone calls. I just imagine some guy being so ticked off by, by the work. I'm going to call this stranger up right now and give him a piece of yeah. my mind. Yeah. You dirty sassafras and Jehoshaphat and sassafras and <laughs> mother jumping sassa Javanka. You know, is it, you know, even in even in today's times when I see things that are obviously ridiculously bad, I still have no intention of picking up a telephone. <laughs> you know, what's yeah. that his phone number? You rotten mother jumping jack of the fight. I can't do I, it. I've gotten some of those phone calls, and <laughs> but now that they're replaced by nasty emails and and uh, uh, texts from my family. But um, do you still carry around that really bad? Uh, used to have a piece. Maybe you used to have a piece of paper. I don't know if you still had it. Yeah, but like a really attacking comment on it. Oh yeah, you want me to read that? You still have it? I do. As a matter of fact, I do want to hear it again. <laughs> Because I don't okay. remember. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, when I when I'm at, when I'm talking in uh, in public, like I'm kind of doing right now, I'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I keep that I keep that pretty close by, uh, because it's it's kind of a combination of a lot of the stuff I I heard when when I actually most of it happened when I first took this job in Alabama mm-hmm. twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and I always got to say. Uh, because I take it out of my pocket and I read it. And I'm going to read it right now. So anytime I read something out loud, I got to apologize for it because where I come from reading anything out loud is just showing off. And I really don't mean to be showing off, but uh, here, here's uh, all these things were actually said to me at one point, uh, JD Crow, you are the sludge at the bottom of the septic tank of journalism. You and your line communist, Homosexual loving, anti-Christian, scumbag, lily-livered liberals can pull up your big girl panties and go straight to hell. Have a blessed day. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's some colorful writing right there. <laughs> they come up with some good stuff, and and uh, no, it, I, I need to keep up with. I need to have a. a I could write a. I could fill a whole book with some of the, the negative comments I got, and they all make my heart just swell with pride. That's the funny thing is about when when you're doing something and you realize you're one accurate, two on yeah. the right side of history, three the person writing you was an idiot. So you know. So yeah. you know when I get is stuff. I not, not on the podcast. I don't get anything negative on the podcast. But like like on Twitter or something like that. They really don't realize that I just don't care. Just don't care. Exactly. You're not hurting my feelings. You yeah. want people to be treated good. You stinking rotten. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, you know, you know the feeling. It's like, let's throw this out there and see what idiots show up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, the thing is. See who salutes this. We know exactly who they are, what they're about when they when they uh, when they come out. They show themselves. Mm-hmm. So I I love it. Now, I love it when you have sane poli- When you have, I mean, when you have to put 
when you have to draw something now, how how many times a week do you have to do you do you put out a drawing? Well, it 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 comes out to about an average of four to five, and then but you know back in the old days, I would draw five cartoons a week, but that I didn't really you know I didn't have to write the headline, I didn't have to write a little essay that goes with it, I didn't have to physically do the backstage work where it goes up on the uh, on the online. Mm-hmm. And so that take that takes some time and it takes more more thought actually. So now nowadays it's about four days a week at the you know usually sometimes it's more sometimes it's a little less but it's it I'm working around the clock most of the time I'm mm-hmm. especially now working at home I'm uh, we're just kind of it just feels like I'm always at work so that's the, <laughs> the long answer to the <laughs> I, I, <it's> like, <laughs> you you're really you're really speaking my my language because uh because uh because of everything you know it's like I have you know I have a different setup now before it was just this little thing and now that it's you know it's like, it's like I, I get up and I'm going I'm in the office now yeah I, good god man well, the- <laughs> It, it, I'm, I'm sure we're, we're, we're speaking a little bit of the same language. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm always at work. Yeah. You're always at work, but it's work we enjoy. So we're really never at work. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, it, okay. 95% of the time, let's be real. But uh, yeah. <laughs> the other 5%, get this crap out of my face. <laughs> yeah. I just want to sweep it on. Well, how's, 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 how's it been for you, dude? Uh, with uh, how, how did the, you know, everybody working at home, the whole pandemic that everything. Uh, oh yeah. God. I mean, as a person, I mean, who, as a person who tells jokes to drunk people, um, who yeah. I love, by the way, so when I want to let the, the audience know that uh, I, of course, love them very, very much. You know, yeah, and they're all drunk by now, anyway. Yeah. So. That's right. You're all high now. It's uh, after eight o'clock. Yeah. You people yeah. stink. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that I've, uh, with the two podcasts that I do, this this one is a, is a show with guests, and there's the other one, which is uh, just me. It's it's I've I've accelerated the amount of work that I've created. And it basically all it did was let me know just how much stuff I could create if I was left alone. Yeah. That's the thing. I, that's the thing I noticed. It's like, Oh, I can do, I can do this amount. Oh, did not realize that, you know? Okay. And yeah. also, Hey, sometimes, you know, and then you realize that sometimes that when you, when you turn out a lot of stuff, you have to chuck about 10% of it into the trash can. Cause it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, you go, yeah. hey, this blows, and you have to throw it in the trash. But but you had to, you had to go through that ten percent to get to the rest of it. And if you've only got ten percent, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, but unfortunately, the ten percent always comes out first. It rotten. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it jumps to the. I wouldn't mind if it was mixed in there a little bit, but it's almost like uh, yeah. the ten percent of work that blows is it actually is the grist for the mills. Like I'm going to suck for about an hour. There's the good stuff. All right, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when you when the water's turned off and you turn it back on and that brown crap comes out for five minutes. <laughs> That's it's kind of like that. You know, because I, 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 no, tell me, I, brown, I, I, I see that brown crap come out of me all day long. I'm good. I, I was going to ask you, like, I mean, when you when you draw something, you look at it and you're going, oh, nope, crunch. And you, <laughs> yeah, you know, but what I wanted to know is because you do four or five per week, you have local politicians and you have the national politics. Yeah. What do you what is your ratio between the you know because obviously you got to hit the local politics i mean it's right it's right in front of oh, you absolutely. yeah absolutely you know so what's yeah, the ratio I, um, well i i try to judge 
it's a hundred percent of what people are talking about, whether it's local or whether it's national Mm -hmm. or maybe not quite a hundred percent. Sometimes I find a topic or an issue that nobody is talking about enough and I'll bring it up. But, um, in Alabama, man, it's, Let's just say Trump was never is net was was never elected. <laughs> Alabama is 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 nuts enough. I mean, I've got enough material just in Alabama when when there's not a Trump involved. <laughs> and and said so since Trump is is been was was the president, it just gave it just gave a voice to all these these people in Alabama who've been pretty quiet on the inside. Now now it's like okay, we can we really can say what we really feel and what we say the things we really think. Mm. It's just nuts again. I mean, but, uh, but to answer your question, I'm as a statewide cartoonist, I'm usually trying to find the Alabama angle to things, but mm. other, but most of the time it's, uh, even if it's not a specifically local issue or a specifically local politician, it's something people are talking about. And, uh, like right now, uh, uh, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greene and the Matt Gateses and stuff. And those people, are, they, may as well be, they may as well be Alabamians. Uh, Alabama love those people. So, yeah, I, I, I it's, it's a really weird, even in the liberal enclave that I live in now um, and was raised in, uh, I started to see a little bit of when uh, the former president who still thinks he's president, when he yeah. was in office, I started to see, it was, I mean, obviously it was not a lot. I mean, you you know you're not going to see a lot of you know weird stuff in New Jersey you know what I mean <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> I mean you know you're not going to you're not going to have the KKK run through New Jersey I mean that, that wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world but 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 it's, it's it was just a really weird thing when you watched because I was a kid I always got a kick out of politics even as a child because I just got a it was before Twitter and Facebook and social media politics was essentially the the only way you could really get an idea of what the hell the country looked like and yeah. what they thought you I mean you really had you just had an idea of what your neighbors thought you don't know what the hell people in Texas are thinking in Florida you don't know what they're thinking until there's yeah. an election and then you go oh so this is what everyone's thinking that's where they are you're like oh yeah. okay so okay what the percentage of a-holes okay now we know uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> you know but but the thing is it's just it's just a weird process to watch it and now, because everyone has access to everybody, you have Twitter, yeah. you have Facebook. It's still an echo chamber because the algorithms on these things, whatever you look at the most, they're going to keep shoving down your throat. Exactly. But yeah. it's just a weird thing to watch. Because I was looking at your big lie um, um, illustration. Yeah. And I got a kick out of that for the for obvious reasons. But also, you know, <laughs> I just imagine what you have to hear when you're sitting down at a diner drinking a cup of coffee, what you hear around you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, my, uh, I've got a lot of messages today. Big lie. What big lie? What are you talking about? The big lies from the other side, you know, that I got a lot of those emails and, and feedback today. So, uh, can you, Oh, I had one beautiful one. It was about 12 inches long. Um, I didn't, that didn't sound right. Take that out of context. Don't, don't say I was going to say, we were going back to yeah. the video thing again. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Look at that an email here. <laughs> and it started off with something like, um, you, you can't, 
prove it's prove it's a big lie. You can't prove it. You you, you can't prove it wasn't a hoax. You can't prove it wasn't a, a, a fraudulent election. You can't prove that. So it's like and it just got worse as it went on. You know, what the, know what the weird thing is? Is the people who are really loud, angry, aggressive? I, you just kind of go, well, I, I'm, you're never going to convince this person. This exactly. is not going to happen. But the one that literally comes up to you or writes you in a reasonable, reasoned tone, right. but still yeah. believes the same stuff, it's like, oh. because, because <laughs> it's disheartening. But it, but if somebody writes me a legitimate, reasonable, rational email. And they're really asking questions. I'll respond to that. You know, the other the other nonsense. I just don't give them the time of day. I, I, I get a little, I, uh, you know, like like we were talking about earlier. I I I, I uh, take a little pride in that. I got them to come up and say who they are and what they are. I understand. I you know I see you. You needed to hear this, or you didn't need to hear it, but I know who you, who you are. And uh, so is that that's not even but the one you have in your pocket. That's not even the worst one you've gotten. I'm assuming. Oh geez, no, no, no. I've, I mean, I've, no, no. <laughs> That's just no. the most colorful one, I guess. The, the, the funny that that was. Uh, it starts off the one I have in my pocket. It starts off with JD. You are the sludge at the bottom <laughs> of the septic tank of journalism. That was like the most priceless, <laughs> yeah. uh, the most priceless line. And I, I remembered that one because it uh, it was when I first started working at. Uh, at the paper in Alabama, I w- I've been working in San Diego, California for years. And I got this and nobody responded to anything in, in California. Nobody reads the newspaper unless it rains and it never rains. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> I, I lived out there in the nineties and it was like, I, you know, I was one of the few people and, and I, I would spend time at newsstands, but there would be four people at the damn newsstand. Yeah. <laughs> so people, did, people didn't get cranky until, uh, until, until the weather was bad. So, when I got to Alabama, I thought I'd admit I, I was in Mecca. Everything I got, everything I did got these responses, either good or bad mm-hmm. immediately. And it was just like, just such rich writing, <laughs> this <laughs> hatred. And I just loved it. So, so it's, it's, it's been a good place for me. Well, how did you, how did you, cause you wound up in San Diego, you were in Los Angeles. How in the blue hell did you get to San Diego and Los Angeles? <laughs> that's, that's probably the best one <laughs> um by the way you can probably tell by that last statement that i do have relatives from down south by the way uh <laughs> yeah yeah i worked for when i was in texas uh uh one of the, one of the fellows i worked with one of the editors i worked with he said you're you're going to cal you know because i uh, you're going to california that's that's just the only reason the only nuts live you know god uh pulled up the quilt of America and spread it out. And all the nuts wound up in California. You're going out there. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I wrote a little bit in a story uh, uh, earlier this year about uh, how I met Dr. Seuss. And that kind of goes into how I wound up in California. I was, uh, I'd, I'd gotten this job in Texas and I was, you know, I was, I was wet behind the ears and these people hired me to draw cartoons. I was happy as I could be. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, my, my, these people were just funny and, and Texas was great. A lot of, lots of, uh, ignorant politicians there too. And I thought I was, I thought I'd never leave. <laughs> and, uh, we went out to a, a San Diego for a cartoonist convention and the way it was, and this was in the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, it was always, a. uh, kind of a game of musical chairs cartoonists are always looking to go somewhere else mm-hmm. 
And so everybody was applying for a job that had just come open in San Diego. And so I went out there at the convention and all the cartoonists were there. And uh, so it was like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, we were all just making paths to that office to get, get in. I jumped in a cab with four of my best buddies to go out there for, to apply for the same job. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the same job. And we were laughing all about it. And <laughs> it never dawned on me that, uh, that I actually had a chance. So a few months later, after we got back from, after I went back to Fort Worth from, from San Diego later that year, I got a call back. And I said, damn, my attitude when I was young was like, I, I just did not, I just didn't give a shit. I, I, I liked what I was doing. I wanted, I wanted, not, not, I did like what I was doing and I did give a shit, but I, it was like, I don't care if you like me or not, but I want to make sure that who I work for appreciates me and gets me, mm-hmm. you know? So it, during an interview, I'm probably the worst interview in the world because I'm saying stuff I shouldn't be saying during an interview. Mm-hmm. And so I went out there for the interview for this and I was sitting there in, in San Diego, California, talking to, to the edit, executive uh, editor and, and two or three other people I might possibly be working for. And I'm wearing a suit jacket and my Converse, my Chuck Taylor Converse. And uh, during the interview, I was, I was reached in my, inner pocket for some reason. Uh, and I found a prop that I didn't know I had. It was an eye patch and like a pirate's eye patch. I'd probably had for a Halloween party or something. Mm-hmm. And so in the middle of that interview, I put it over one of my eyes and went on and the interview kept going and nobody said anything. And I, I took it off and put it over the other eye and uh, just kept going. And nobody, nobody said a word, not, not a wink or a blink. And so after the interview, I took it off and shook their hands and, and next thing I know, they wanted me to go meet the publisher. I'll <laughs> be honest with you. If uh, if I was uh, put switching eye patches and they still hired me, yeah. I'd have to keep my eye on those people. Uh, <laughs> I, wanna... I mean, they, didn't, they didn't smile. They didn't laugh. It was like it was <laughs> the weirdest thing. And uh, so I went to meet the 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 big boss lady, and the uh, the man who was driving the car was my was the executive editor. And as we got closer there, he he got started getting kind of nervous and he said, I don't want to, <clears throat> I said, I don't want to scare anything, but you know, she's the best thing for you to do is not to say too much during this interview. I think, I think we're, we're, everything's good, but just try not to say too much. Well, that just made it, made me, my heart and uh, just blow up. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm setting up for an awkward moment here because this guy doesn't want anything out of me from here on in because he thinks we're going to, they're going to hire me. Mm-hmm. So I, I love nothing better than an awkward moment. <laughs> And so uh, I, I go in to meet the, the the publisher, and she's a lady in her sixties and kind of a stern-looking woman. And, and when I go in to meet her, the she's backlit by the sun behind her desk, and and it was a sil- she was a black silhouette, and I couldn't even see her face. Very intimidating looking. Mm-hmm. And so then we went and sat down and talked. It was uh, her and I, and and uh, and the executive editor. And she didn't, she didn't really talk to me much. She was just talking to him and back and forth to he and uh, to the editor. And, and towards the end, she, uh, she said, uh, well, JD, uh, if, uh, if you, if you're, if you're coming aboard, will we ever have any trouble with out of you? And, uh, I should have said, Oh no, ma'am. 
is what I was expected to say. I should have said, well, hell yeah, I'm a cartoonist. You're going to have a lot of trouble out of me if I'm doing my job. (laughs) (laughs) What I did say was something like this. I said, Ms. Copley, if you ever have any trouble out of me, please feel free to come down to the office and give me a spanking in front of the whole newsroom. Mm -hmm. My executive executive editor's uh, life, his soul left his body and went to the ceiling. There was just total, total silence. And he was, he was. (laughs) How many seconds? (laughs) It was a long time. It was the most beautiful, awkward moment I think I'd ever been a part of. And um, finally she, she looked at him instead of me and she said, well, if there's ever any trouble out of you, uh, Mr. Morgan here will get the discipline. I assure you. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, it would have been funny if she pulled out an eye patch and put it on in front of you. Yeah, wouldn't have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we like the high guys. And, I, and yeah. let's be honest, I'm telling you right now, if you that silhouette with the light coming from behind her head is no way in hell that was an accident. Oh hell no! <laughs> yeah. There have been many meetings before that. That, uh, you know, it was like going into the henchman, but I, I was just, I was just loving it. I mean, I said, okay, this can't be any better. Um, but yeah, she, uh, yeah, it was, that was exactly right. You're exactly right. The funny thing about it is a lot of times when you go into these, when you go into these interviews or in my business auditions and you yeah. just don't give a crap. It's like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to enjoy doing this. Cause I enjoy doing this. You either go, it's like when you, it's like when you uh, get older when you're dating older and it's like, you're either going to like me or you're not. I am not going to be at home yeah. crying if you don't answer the phone. Yeah, you know, you, there's, there's no time to to mess around and, and be something you're not. And I, I that was what, that's one thing I had when I was younger. I think now I'm going to like, uh, I don't know. I give a shit. I don't give a shit for other reasons now. <laughs> <But it was laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> now, what I want, this is what I want to ask you, because like, you're in a different region of the country than some of the other people that I spoke with. And we were talking a little a few moments ago about everybody having to stay home to work. Yeah. Um, did you have much of a commute before the pandemic? Yeah, I had a, uh, before the pandemic, I was going uh, to my office every day, five days a week. And it's about a half an hour drive or maybe a little more sometimes. And I always looked at that as uh uh, I could listen to radio or I could try to get my thoughts going, on, listen to the news or whatever. And, and it's, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So what you, I found is, what I found back? is, yeah, go, huh? I'm sorry. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I'm sorry. Uh, we had a cartoonist uh, zoom meeting with other cartoonists and we all kind of agreed on this. As far as what the pandemic is, we're all kind of working at home. We've all worked at home anyway. I would go into the office and, socialize a little bit and try to get my cartoon idea, I'd come home and draw it most of the time <laughs> because when, when we're actually drawing the thing, we're rocking out. I mean, I've got my, uh, I'm working at home. I'm, I'm rocking out and I'm focused and I'm, I'm tuned in. But if I'm at the office, there's all these voices around. Newsroom is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. I miss the camaraderie in a newsroom. I miss the buzz when there's a big story. Mm-hmm. But other than that, when I'm actually drawing and I'm focused on what I'm doing, I'm alone. I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of, uh, I'm at home usually most of the time. And so this hasn't been a big leap. We're all basically hermits when we're, we're, we're kind of mavericks when it, uh, the cartoonists are the, you know, we don't have to, we don't have a lot of team meetings. We, we do what we do and everybody else does what they do and what they do feeds us material. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, and it's great to be in a newsroom with the buzz and the camaraderie. But when it comes right down to it, we're all cartoonists. I think have weathered pretty well. We're, this has kind of been our wheelhouse. I think. Uh, yeah. Working, working alone, working at home. Well, well, the thing is, what you do and what I do uh, pretty much can't be affected. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> it's like everything else is is affected, and it's like it affects you, nah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like it, you know, it really didn't change anything. It's like, oh, you know, before the pandemic, but, but I was. But I mean, I'm interested as as, as in, in what you do mm-hmm. because it's not far removed from. We're we're very similar in that stuff. But as a comedian and not in, being able to go out and engage live audiences, that that's 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 tough. That's a huge I pain mean, in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> you. I've I've noticed you've done some. Uh, what I would call like monologues on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to do that if you don't have a live audience. And I, I admire you for that. You got to, you got to kind of, I mean, that's, that's gotta be a, it, an it, issue. It all stems from my little weird self at eight years old. Yeah. Kneeling in front of that chair with the mic, with the, <laughs> yeah, with the cassette tape player and the batteries, oh, you know, so that's who you are. Yeah, and, and but the thing about that is that is that uh that specific podcast, the other podcast is just I don't have to what I learned from from radio uh from writing is stand up is is basically kind of like the condensed version of things where it's like all you just kind of chop out everything that isn't leading to the funny thing. Anything that's yeah. extraneous has got to go. When you yeah. do a podcast or you write you can you have you can actually build the story out more you can inject different things into it and it can expand so it's a little different and it's a different skill set altogether you know cuz i know that when when you when this pandemic hit that's the first thing i noticed like okay i can't pick up the microphone for right now okay but i still got the two podcasts so i'm going to be fine and, and the audience is still going to be able to to hear me, I'm still going to be able to con- uh, be in contact with them. And then when it when this crap goes away, I'll ju- I'll just jump right back out, and they'll go, "Hey, you gained 15 pounds," and then I'll tell them to shut yeah. the hell up. <laughs> 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 you know, but yeah. th- th- let me ask you this: Did you did you uh w- what was it like? Uh, some of the people I talked to in different areas of the country when it, when it came time for the pandemic, when this was happening, and then all of a sudden the vaccine started rolling out. Some people, like where where I am in New Jersey and down in Philly, the second they said they had a vaccine, we're all like, "Yeah, I'm now rolling my shirt up, just jam that thing in there, so I can get back yeah. to my life." Exactly. But some places, some people I know were like, and I, some people I still know are like, "No, I'm not. I don't, I'm not getting that. No, no, I'll never yeah. take it. Never." Well, most of those people were wearing the red hats. Let's just be honest about that. So, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot around here uh, that won't take it. Did and you, did you get jammed in the arm? They won't, they won't get, they won't take it. Well, Alabama's like, the, it's like one of the worst places in the in the United States as far as percentage wise. Mm-hmm. I forget what the last one I heard is like twenty seven percent, and everybody seems like that's good. I don't know, uh, but there's, there's a lot of resilience because of who initially didn't want to, you know, because of they, all the, they do know that he actually secretly got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think they, uh, that, you know, that was, that was from the, 
the lamestream media leaking some, something they shouldn't have about. <laughs> that's like that that phrase right there like, brings back bad memories you know yeah it makes me go look mr mccain come on bro <laughs> yeah. john come on you're a smart guy but <laughs> what, what what gets me is what how how much different would it have been if for if for some reason donald trump has decided this is a real threat and everybody should be vaccinated mm-hmm. he could have had he could have had all these uh in he could have had all these red face masks with uh, keep America great again. You know, uh, they would have all fell in line and he would have made lots of money and we'd have gotten, we wouldn't be at 600, whatever it was, 600,000 uh, deaths. That's the thing. That, that's the thing I never understood. It's like, even if you're the biggest, you know what in the world, when you have an, I mean, and this, this is a bad way to put it, but, if you have an opportunity, because some people just to take tragedies and use them. Sometimes yeah. you take a tragedy will happen and you use it, but it's a, it's in a good way. You, you'll see a problem yeah. and you'll go, wait, we we need, to, we need to take this awareness and solve this problem because under under normal circumstances, people aren't paying attention to it. But yeah. this, and this is one of those situations where I'm going, you know, dude, I mean, I, I really don't agree with you on anything except for the spelling of your name. But <laughs> this is something that you can do right now because all of the people that like you will follow you. And the other people that don't like you were like, well, we were going to do it anyway because we believe in science. So (laughs) so you literally have everybody, but sometimes uh, certain people just won't do it. No, it it went against his nature. Mm -hmm. And that I don't get. I don't get it. I don't understand it. No, I don't either. And you're, you're not a, you have a soul, so you know we're dealing with somebody. This is this is this, this is yeah. Last time I checked, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to I have to renew it every six months, but yeah. <laughs> Got to go down to DMV and get it all uh, registered again, but you know. Oh hey hey, this is the, this is the I do it online now. What is wrong yeah, with you? Right. I, I, I hate the uh, the DMV RAM is this. Oh my god, man, you know. <laughs> like the only, the only saving grace is the fact that I am an entertainer, which means my hours are completely different from everyone else. So I can go at weird times and slide in there. But up, when I was working in an office, oh, very boy. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, now I'm now I'm assuming maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I'm assuming that you got jammed in the arm with some uh, some uh, anti sick juice. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, I was. We were anxious to get it. Mm-hmm. We what? got we got double vaccinated uh, with Pfizer. Oh, uh, Pfizer. Got two two injections of Pfizer. Yeah, I got the I got the the double Moderna action. Oh, did you? I thought Moderna was one shot. No, that's J and J. Oh, J and J is one shot. Yeah, that's right. You're right. I came close to getting J and J, but the day before I was going down, guess what the news said? A bunch of people have dropped dead. Up. Don't oh, yeah. take the J and J, whatever you do. If your name is S. Anthony Thomas, please do not go down there. <laughs> they, they they emailed me and said, No, uh, we can't no. And then they switched me over to Moderna. And uh um, okay. did you get did you get my sister got um Moderna and it put her down hard. <laughs> you know. She she called me up. Uh, I was down yeah. for thirty hours. I was like, I wonder what nobody couldn't I was like, I was I was about to go to your house, see what the hell's going on. You know, but she's okay. Everybody in your family's okay. Oh yeah, everybody's fine. And here's the thing: everybody else 
uh, that I in the family got the shot. I I got both Moderna shots. I didn't. I not only did I not have any side effects, my arm didn't even hurt. Oh, that's great. Nothing. And 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 well, that is great in a practical sense. But on the other side of it, I cleared out a bunch of shows and interviews I was supposed to do for four days just in case. Okay. And then all of a sudden I'm going, you know what? Um, I plan, I, I should be laying in bed and, sh- and shivering and vomiting right now. So uh, I'm going to put some ice on myself and stick my fingers down my throat because this is <laughs> it's yeah. like, what the hell was this? You know, but it was a good thing. Did, I, I, did the Pfizer get to you? Did it knock you out? It was a kind of a letdown for you then. I was, uh, no, yeah. it wasn't bad. The, the first one, uh, I think the first shot was nothing. It just felt like you get a real shot. Uh, the arm was just a little bit sore, but not nothing. I mean, the second day was nothing. And when I got the second shot, uh, not, you know, my, I was a little bit tired the next day. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit tired. I couldn't, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I kept falling asleep, but my foot start, my left foot was hurting. So I, I don't know what that was all about. I, you know, sometimes when I, uh, do a lot of hiking or something that, that, uh, Maybe it's just the the weakest. It, it, maybe it seeks out the weakest part. Mm-hmm. That that my left foot's not my weakest part, by the way. But <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but for some reason, my left foot just really started hurting. And I don't know if that had anything to do with the shot or not. But that's all. I, I, my wife had a migraine. Oh, oh yeah, that's she another got, one of those. That's another, it didn't put her down at all. Just just a migraine. No, I wouldn't put her down for the migraine. I, there's been a few times I wanted to take her to the veterinarians to put her down, but it wasn't because of the migraine. But you know, what's going to be funny is when you call me tomorrow and go, oh, I remember that joke I did about uh, my wife and the vet. Uh, can you cut that out? <laughs> it's just, you know, the, <laughs> that, that was not worth it. Yeah, just go, just cut that, please. And I'm going to go, now. Mm-hmm. deal with it. <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten a bunch of, uh, uh, I, I when I have entertainers on, uh, of of all stripes, uh, they always say something, and it's hilarious. It's like that joke was funny, but I always immediately think because I have known and I've said things on podcasts when I was in relationships, yeah. and I thought it was just you know an innocuous little joke. It was an obvious joke, and I don't even tell the girl about it. And then the yeah. episode comes out four weeks later. I forgot what I said. He's <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and you just say, yeah, was, you know. It was out of context. It was out of context. Yeah, you know, I love your mother. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, because the thing is, if it's 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 amazing because you'll say the same thing if she's sitting there when you say the joke. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. If four weeks goes by, then the episode finally comes out. All of mm-hmm. a sudden, you're going. It just, you know, it just sneaks in like a like a like somebody walked in, passed gas, and walked out and left you with it. <laughs> you know, it's like. Why'd you leave me with this aroma, bro? (laughs) And the person that left you with the aroma is you four weeks earlier. So, (laughs) and that's the part that sucks. Well, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. If you want me to leave, if you want to leave me with a stink bomb or not, but all (laughs) I'm saying is, listen, you've been married a long time, you know, you know, you have to take the beating just like everybody else. I'm sorry. And besides, that's not even the weirdest thing we've both said on this show. No. <laughs> no. <I don't> know. <laughs> if anything was going to get cut out, it would be the jokes about the video. <laughs> yeah. But they won't be cut out. So, so we got to up our game a little bit. That's what I'm saying. We have to be a little bit weirder than normal. Yeah. Now, now, what was that award? Um, now, when you were on the first time, you you the, the your 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 you guys won. What was the award you won the the first time you were on the show? 
Um, that would have been the, the Rex Babin Memorial um, Award for low. It, it repre- it, uh, it's given by by our group of editorial cartoonists. Mm-hmm. To um, it's a national award that recognizes local state cartoons mm-hmm. because so many times there's not there's there, that's the, there's no award that recognizes the good local cartoonist that's doing his job and trying to keep his job by doing local cartoons. So we came up with that from my, uh, one of uh, my very, very best friends of all time. His name was Rex and uh, he died way too soon. Mm-hmm. And he was an advocate for, uh, uh, as I was and still am. Um, he was one of the, he, he was one of the first, uh, not one of the first, but one of the, he kind of kept the, the flame going for good local editorial cartooning because that's where we have our most impact. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, really, really, um, um, you know, that, that, that meant a lot to me to get, mm-hmm. to get that award from named after my, one of my very best friends. Yeah. Um, and this, this last award was also means a lot to me. It was the, uh, the Robert, the RFK, uh, humanitarian award yeah. for editorial cartoons. Yeah. Now, did that have anything so, to do with, cause I saw, I was, I was, I was looking up some stuff on you online and I saw that you were doing, which I thought was one of the coolest things, man. It was, was, it was great. I was like, re- I, I watched it like five times back to yeah. back to back to back. You were, you were talking to military veterans. Yeah. And you were drawing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I came up with a project uh, a couple, two or three years, a couple of years. Well, it was not two, 2019 is when mm-hmm. it was. Um, I just wanted to, you know, it, 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 it's always bothered me that there were such, there is such a thing as a homeless veteran. Mm-hmm. I mean, here, here's somebody that's, uh, gave their life to serve the country. They should never be homeless again. They shouldn't have, to, once they've served their country, they shouldn't have to worry about, uh, having a roof over their head. Mm-hmm. So that's always troubled me. So, so I set out on a mission to try to find as many homeless veterans as I could and, and interview them and draw their portrait and, get to know them a little bit and try to find out if there's there some common threads there or not. Uh, why, why, how'd they wind up homeless? I mean, and if we could find a way to help the ones we found, then that was even better. So it, it was, it was, it was, it was a good project. We mm-hmm. have a, a, a very emotional project. We found some amazing, amazing uh, stories. Yeah. Um, all their stories were different, but, uh, but all their stories had some, had some similar lines. Um, uh, but uh, it was, yeah, I appreciate that. That was that was part of the package of cartoons that that uh, I won that award for. It also included uh, some of the cartoons I've been doing for years here in Alabama about just some bass awkward, uh, ignorant politicians who uh, treat women wrong, treat treat minority, you know, the laws against minorities and mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, it's kind of a they're they're always coming up with these dystopian laws just to just to keep women down and minorities and keep them from voting and and just you know how it is it's just mm-hmm. it's just my, it's just nerve wracking so I harp on that stuff a lot and some of those cartoons was in that package as well yeah because because I, I, I was looking for because I, I hadn't seen it you know and I was watching this I was like what is this and then I saw what you were doing because some of my buddies um, are you know, obviously they're older than me. Um, uh, they're Vietnam veterans and, you know, oh, yeah. and, and some, you know, so when I would sit there, when I would talk with them, we're just hanging out, you know, some of them were comics. Yeah. Uh, some of them were just, just regular friends and we'd be sitting there and I'd be listening to their stories. Now these, obviously these guys are not, 
in the same position as the the gentleman that you're referring to. I mean, these are these are you know, a guy works for the phone company. This guy's a comedian. This guy's that. And I would listen to the stories. And when I was listening to what you were hearing from these gentlemen, they yeah. sounded almost exactly like my friends, except my friends did not have the unfortunate situation of not having a home. So I'm literally looking at them, and it's like it's like I'm looking at my friends talk. And I'm going, Jesus yeah. Lord, man. I mean, it's like that's 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 Marty, that's Bill, that's t-, you know, it's like good Lord. You know, if, it was, yeah. if something bad happened, it, that could be them. And yeah. that's why I, I just watched it like five times in a row. So I was like, I got it. You know, I, I could feel it. I, I could really, really, really feel it when I was watching it. Yeah, I appreciate that. That no, it's it's uh, it was it was a, it was a it was a very emotional experience for me and and uh, we were going to continue it and that's when the pandemic happened and mm. we, we just kind of got distracted i'm not sure if i'll uh but i want to keep up with some of those fellows they were just uh priceless just mm. priceless people and and a lot of them got homes after the, after their interviews uh, but I'm, I'm not, you know what i wanted to talk to you just anyway because i like you and i, I dig your work but that right there what you just said the simple fact that some of these guys that i saw have houses now yeah yeah no there's some big success excuse me success stories out of that uh there's a there's a there's a a non-profit called housing first uh down here in in alabama and uh they they read some of these stories and some they they introduced me to some of these people that they were trying to get housing for at that point and so when um that was the initial they were they they were very helpful in the very first Mm -hmm. and so then I, I found some other ones that uh, needed housing, and they got housing, and got help there on their feet. And but but some some of the stories are just absolutely, absolutely amazing um, and gut wrenching. Um, yeah, but just... yeah, that was that was a great project. Uh, but but yeah, I, I I've tried to keep up with with some of those fellows, and most of them have the ones that land on almost the ones that land on their feet, the ones that get help their first response is to help others. Well, so they're in the front lines trying to find other homeless veterans and trying to help them. Well, the thing is just like, just like anybody else who is a first responder, um, which essentially is what they got, what they are, what these guys and gals are, they, they respond to the That's threat. Um, yeah. A lot of the people you see them and you, you can just tell that, just like when you, you you were born with the gift of drawing, I could make people that I don't know laugh for hours at a time. You can draw yeah. every day and create something that people enjoy. Sometimes a person's gift is the ability to just jump in front and help someone. Yeah, It's who they are. And that's why they did what they did and they continue to do it. Yeah. And that's why, like when you were saying, society, guys, I mean, these people jumping in, you know, they're jumping in front of bullets for us. Yeah. So let's why would they ever have to worry about food or clothing or shelter again? That's what I never understood. And that's why, I mean, I was, it was a combination of, like I said, feeling it because it, I could, I, because I saw my friends' faces in their faces. Yeah. Being extremely angry at the same time. And now, fortunately, and I'm really glad I, that I got an opportunity to ask you about that because that, that makes me happy. It really yeah. does. I mean, I, uh, that was that was definitely a highlight of of that uh, one of the, one of the highlights of uh, what I do. Uh, just reaching out and going beyond the, the you know the stupid editorial cartoons where I'm uh, poking fun at politicians. Doing something like that was really. Uh, I, I, I'm glad I was able to do that. Yeah. I'm 
my friend. Uh, I don't know what award you're going to get before the next time I have you on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this might be it. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you're going to get an award before you come on again for this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, I'm still <laughs> this, this is going to be hilarious. I'm going, hey, JD, I would like you to come back on. You know, as Anthony, I just won an award for uh, helping people and being on S. Anthony's last show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, JD, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It was a pleasure talking to you, as it always is. You know, and in addition to it just being great talking to you because I dig your work and I like you a lot and I respect you, that last piece right there, you know, that is literally, that's, I, I know this is going to, this is going to sound corny and I apologize to people listening because I usually try to keep things a little lighter, but I mean that, what you just said about those guys, um, getting, having a place to stay, that is already the highlight of the next seven days of my week, the next week. Uh, it already is. Well, yes, Anthony, I always appreciate you. Love, uh, Love uh, our uh, our connection and happy to happy to win an award for you anytime. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, so if ever you, you remember, keep doing if, what you're doing, brother. If you ever find yourself in the finals of an award and you think you don't have a shot, you give me yeah. a call and I'll say yes, <laughs> you can come on. You're guaranteed to win the damn award. Can you book me in about ten days? <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for something. Yeah, I'm up. For, oh, 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 oh! The, they're going to announce the the Pulitzer sometimes this month. Some sometime this month. So, okay, hold on. Let's let's be quiet for four seconds. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> four seconds. Hold on. Okay, we're glad to have JD back. See, now you just won it. I, just, I created an additional ep- mini episode just now. Thank you <laughs> to guarantee you the thank win. You. <laughs> You're the man, <laughs> JD. Much love to you, and thank you, my brother. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it, and I love talking to you, man. Much love to you too, my my friend. Okay, take care. All right. Take care, Anthony. All right. Now, that was fun, wasn't it? Told you. What did I tell you? Have I failed you yet? No. Will I fail you? Also, no. (laughs) Thanks again for all your support. Much love to everybody. And I'll see you again next time. Take care.